Shut up and sit down. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Rachel from Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. This week's episode features Peter Tripp, a certified beer judge and owner of Nassau County's own homebrew supply shop, Homebrew and Hand Grenades. Listen, don't forget to subscribe to the Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a review and tell us about it. Now, go grab a beer and enjoy episode 29. Cheers. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. Very, very happy to finally be here at Homebrew and Hand Grenades at 2378 Grand Avenue in Baldwin, New York, 11510. And uh, we have a very special guest here today. Sir, please introduce yourself. What's going on, guys? It's Pete Tripp over at Homebrew and Hand Grenades. How you doing? Pete, thanks so much for uh, hosting BTBT here. Uh, we, we definitely appreciate it. You guys are, are you know, uh, dare I say legendary, but you, you guys are a very, very, you know, popular... Uh, and well-known brew club here, uh, you know, in, in Long Island, in New York in general. And it's great to, uh, it's great for us to finally be here after hearing so much about you guys. So let, let's jump, uh, let's jump right into it. You know, h- how did you get into home brewing? Um, it was a long time ago. Believe it or not, it was, it stemmed from Dogfish Head. So what, had, typically what used to happen uh, when we were younger, uh, my friends and I, um, we would, uh, Go down to Delaware. One of my friends has his property on a lake with like a double wide and a cottage, and we'd go down there. And it would be like almost, you know, this is before the kids happened. It was like mm-hmm. a toga party type of thing. Right. And uh, my buddy was like, "Hey, there's a, a brewery uh, ten minutes away," and it was Dogfish Head. Went in there, you know, had the beers, blown away by it, and uh, you know, just talking to the guy behind the counter. He's like, "Yeah, you can do it at home." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So that kind of like, <laughs> I was like, that kind of put like you know the idea in the head to just get doing it because you know i was a fan of beer so you know it's just natural progression so um you know it was like christmas time and i I told my wife i was like yeah i want to get a homebrew kit and i told her exactly what i wanted but she got me like a mr beer kit so um it's a thought that counts sure absolutely yeah um but uh you know i burned through those kits because just so i can get to the stuff that i really wanted to do and uh it was just the, I'd say out of any hobby I've ever had, it's the only thing I've ever stuck with. So and it just uh, turned into just a passion, and uh, now I have a homebrew shop. That's that's awesome. So I mean, how um, so how long were you brewing before you you decided you know what um, I want to take this to to the next level, to a level beyond? Um, you know, it was like you know six seven years, um, and it wasn't like it was never you know uh like a plan it was like my goal is to open up a homebrew shop it kind of happened out of almost necessity in a sense uh i was a structural line worker i was with 361 and uh you know i was doing that for seven or eight years and uh my back put me into retirement so you know 35 years old at the time i'm like you know my my goal was like i'm gonna be an iron worker i'm gonna be like you know all beat up when i get old but uh you know life happens um so you know, I had to have back surgery and all that other stuff. And, you know, wow. once that happened, that was that was it. You know, it was I asked the doctor after I had my surgery. I was like, so when can I go back to work? He's like, pretty much it. He was like, you're done. Like, you're done, dude. Wow. That's it. You know. Um, so, you know, I was just mulling around uh, like what now? You know, like I said, I was 35 years old. Um, so, 
it just like popped in my head. I was like, you know, homebrewing for a long time. It's something I really love doing. It's something I really like just like got into and absorbed and learned. And, uh, and the thing with Nassau was like, there's not, there was not like a, you know, big presence with homebrewing. Um, so I just took the dive. I was like, let's go for it. You know, I would walk actually the shop I'm in now after I had my surgery, um, I would go for walks and I would walk past this shop and I would look in it and uh, I like just had this vision in my head. I was like, this is the spot. So, and I just started like mapping it out in my head, looking through the window. And, uh, you know, I learned how to, from doing construction, learn from the, 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 the first floor up how to start a business. I, you know, I, w I, I went to school for art initially and then I went to, you know, went to apprenticeship school, nothing for business. You know, mm -hmm. so, you know, just how to start like a LLC, doing a website, you know, getting right. um, wholesalers. It was just, you know, just learning. And at that point, too, I, my son was born. So it was a, it was a lot on my plate. A lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what did you find, uh, you know, the most challenging part of, uh, of opening this business? I think that's a good question. I mean. I think just honestly, just learning the whole aspect of starting a business from scratch, not having any experience. I mean, the only thing I really had kind of going for me um, is I'm pretty like OCD. <laughs> <laughs> so, so every time I would, you know, and I also used to work for Coca-Cola, uh, but like any job I would ever have, I was always like the micro, like, you know, like the, just try to do things to, to make things smooth and, you know, I would just get put into positions where I was just taking care of stuff. So the stuff that I learned from whatever job I was at, I just applied it to doing this. So, um, you know, going from, I think just work, and I think also the discipline too, because when you work with someone, you got someone to answer to. Um, when you have your own business, you have to answer to yourself. And it's like, he's not going to yell at me. So. <laughs> Um, I think also probably the discipline, but I think that's probably was like the biggest challenge. So sure, you, when you know the the trade off is you don't you know you're your own boss, but you know you're probably working two three times as hard you know and sure. longer, um, sure. just trying to you know make sure everything's going the way it should be going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like in, you try to do whatever you can to just not burn yourself out too, which is it's tough, but you know you you have to focus on um, why did you do this like. Why, why did I open up a homebrew shop, you know? Uh, why did I, I start my own business, you know? So. Well, I mean, and then, you know, it's, 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 a, big, it's a big commitment. So how do you balance, even now, you know, how do you, how do you find that balance between work life and, and, and personal life? Um, and is there a balance, you know? I don't, you know, it's, it's tough because now it's uh, the, the, you know, the home life or just like the social life after work has become more beer focused for sure um you know it's like you kind of want to you know you gotta you gotta put to me i thought it was important to put myself out there so when i first started um i you know i was doing beer festivals to promote the business um just to like you know get involved with the craft beer scene and, you know i was a, you know big fan of what was kind of starting to happen at the time when i when i was first um preparing to get the shop open um you know it was ex at that time it was you know barrier was was you know not far from my it was oceanside which is awesome because that's where i live um yeah barry's awesome yeah and at that point i think barrage was uh starting to open 
uh, Long Island was around. So I, I saw it, like, you could see something was happening, you know. So it was, it was uh, exciting, you know, and it's kind of exciting to be like semi part of it, you know. I know like that, you know, like that's like uh, breweries are a separate entity from home brewing, but it's kind of that's where everyone starts from, or at least that's where they should start from is, is home brewing before you think about opening up a brewery. So. Oh, yeah. You got to you got to crawl <laughs> before yeah. you can leap in, the, in that instance. Um, so is there uh, is there a story behind the name? Yeah, actually, there is. Um, when I was a kid, my grandfather would say, Pete, Pete. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, you know, and like that was it. Um, so when I was just trying to come up with the name, I was like, it just kind of like rattled in my head. I was like, homebrews and hand grenades, and like I molded over maybe like a couple hours. I was like, that's it, it's stuck, you know. And that was it, huh? That was it. Yeah, homage to grandpa. So yeah, shout out to grandpa. That's Na- it. Name in the place. That's, that's awesome. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, now you you mentioned that you worked for for Coca Cola. What did you uh, What did you do for them? Um, I was initially um, a merch uh, merchandiser, so I was the guy that go around to all the stores, um, and pack it out, get get everything you know on the shelves. And then for a while, I was doing uh, merchandising supervisor, where I had you know twenty five to thirty guys, and I had to make sure that. They were packing out the stores, so right. um, I did that for a while. So, oh, and cool. uh, you know, you just kind of want to move on after a while. Yeah, you know? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, fr- from the time you kind of was like, okay, this th- this place is it. This is what I want to open. H- how long did it take from that that point, roughly, to when you actually finally did open? I'd say about eight months. It's not bad. Yeah, not, you know, it was just, you know, just trying to figure out, um, you know, where you're getting your stuff from, you know, just getting like, a, you know, an LLC established, uh, trying to get the wholesalers lined up. Um, the, I mean, theoretically, I probably should have done market research, but, you know, like I said, I was learning from the, the ground up. So, um, but not too, too long, but I was doing most of most, you know, I was pretty much doing everything because, you know, it was what it was, so. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, so then when, when did you guys officially open the doors for the first time? It'll be, uh, actually, um, this Monday, this coming Monday, it'll be four years. Wow. So. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, and now you guys, you guys have, you're like a homebrew group, right? You, yeah. you have a whole club yeah. going on. Can you tell us about that a little? Sure. So, the club kind of started organically i host like a uh, a homebrew bottle swap once a month and uh it's always like the second thursday people come down they bring their homebrew they bring commercial beer um sometimes beef jerky uh and it was just a lot of the same people that were coming in and uh it just happened organically we were also involved too um with uh, me and a couple other guys were involved with another homebrew club that we're still active with and, uh, you know, they were, like, Suffolk-focused. And it's tough to, you know, with the club meetings a lot of times, you go to a, beer, a place that's beer-focused. And to go out there, to drive to Suffolk, and, you know, you're going to have a couple beers, and then you got to get home. Yeah. So it, It's a long island, it really is. <laughs> it really is, yeah. So, you know, um, we just kind of started, you know, we sat down, a couple guys, this guy uh, Sam, Ken, uh, this guy TJ. We just sat down, like, you know, let's go for it. You know, it wouldn't be conflicting with uh, the other club that we were involved with, it would just be Nassau focused, and uh, or not really necessarily Nassau focused, but you know it's like it's an open club, so 
you know, and a lot of people that were coming to the um, the bottle swaps pretty much, you know, became the club. So. And uh, roughly how many, you know, how big is the club? It's, it's tough to say. Uh, you know, usually when we have meetings, we'll get like, you know, between 40 to 60 people, oh, depending wow. on the venue. Um, but there's also like the, the club page and there's like, I think over 200 people. So actively, I'd say probably like, you know, let's just say just for a number, like 50 people. What's the, nice. what's the, um, the process like if someone wants to, to, to be, do basically like, is it, is it, is there like a, a vetting process? Do they just need to be a homebrewer who's, who's legitimately interested? There's honestly, it's just open. I, when people come in, I'm like, look, when they, when they first, when people first come in and they, they want to learn how to brew, I'm like, I really push the club because the thing that's the, my favorite aspect of homebrewing is the community aspect. Yep. And that's, I think that's the best thing that happened out of the shop is the community that kind of like started out of it. Um, so I just tell people, come down, you know, it's, it's laid back. It's homebrewers, you know, like the thing with homebrewers, like, it's like, if you're looking for the jerk, you're yeah, probably the jerk, you know? <laughs> and the thing that's really cool too, it's like, no one's like, like when people come down, it's not like, you know, when someone brings down a homebrew, it's never like, oh, this is terrible. You shouldn't be homebrewing. It's, you know, a lot of guys, it's just like, you know, try doing this next time. You know, yeah. like to, to it, it's constructive, it. right? It's exactly. not people. Totally. People are just looking to really help each other out. right? Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's you, you know, you don't want to um, polarize anybody, you know. Um, and, you know, and if someone new comes down to a meeting, you know, I always make a point to s introduce myself, say hello all that, and thank them for coming down, you know, because I, like like I was saying before, I think the best thing that happened out of the shop was the community and that club. You know, they they I think they they're a big part of the shop. And, and you guys, you know, and, and representatives from the club, you, you guys go and you guys do beer events, you do like your craft beer festivals. I mean, we saw yeah. you guys at a couple of festivals and we did shows at. Um, that's got to be really cool, like growing, growing the, you know, growing the community, growing the brand, growing the name. Yeah, it was it was great. I remember, um, you know, when I first started, I was doing the events. Um, and then when the club came around, we started doing events. And I remember the first one was at the Coliseum. And just the great response. The other thing that's really cool too, as a home brewer, is you can do like the wacky stuff, um, and you're only doing it five, ten gallons at a clip. So if it's you know, if it's like a science experiment and it turns out successful, and then people come, it's like uh, they're going to um, like the beer events. They get to try something a little different than what you know commercial breweries can do because it's more of a risk involved to doing like you know like the wacky stuff that home brewers can do. So right, right. And uh, so, do you have any particular styles uh, that you're, you're fond of that you like to brew uh, over others, or is it just kind of is what it is? Okay. Um, I I used to. I mean, I used to do like more English forward um, uh, beers, but now it's just I just kind of like check my inventory as to what I got. You know, it's like what haven't I brewed lately? So I don't really have like favorite styles. I just like to brew. I just like the uh, I just like the um, you know active brewing i guess so to speak because to me it's it's relaxing it's almost cathartic you know so. sure sure so yeah. you um so you you homebrew fairly often i i would uh yeah definitely i'd say my average is once a week so and that's why i like doing the festivals too so i can like unload beer <laughs> <laughs> and then so when you're brewing at home uh roughly how much how much are you brewing um i like i I mean, I don't really brew at home anymore. I, I brought, well, you brew yeah, here, my, right? yeah, I brew here now. My wife pretty much forbode me from doing anything <laughs> homebrew at home, which makes perfect sense. So, um, so you know, I just like do five gallons. I used to do bigger batches, but, you know, you get kind of tired of stuff. Uh, you know, it's like you kind of want to move on to the next thing. You don't want to commit to too much, you know. 
like, yeah, you don't have like this thought rattling in my head and I want to brew that. So that's cool. No, that's pretty cool. So, and, and I understand that you guys, you guys um, also, you know, people can come down here and they can brew. You have a half barrel system here, right? Which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, have, which uh, is about what, like six cases of beer, roughly. Uh, yeah, uh, roughly about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? So, what's that process like? How can someone come down and do that? It's, I mean, it's it's you know it's pretty open. People call up, they schedule a time, um, and they come down and they brew. Uh, it's uh, you know for all grain brewing. So, and then I have you know where someone could do an extract brew also, but. You know, you get you get to make ten to fifteen gallons of beer. Uh, you get a brew assistant, which is me. I do a lot of the cleaning. Nice. So, <laughs> you know, just get to hang out and make beer. So that's cool. So, so for our audience who may not who may not completely understand the difference, can you at a high level the difference between all grain and extract brewing? So, with extract brewing, it's uh, you know, it's kind of like where you get started. Most home, like I'd say, ninety five percent all home brewers start with extract, and what it is is. Um, they'll take the they'll take the two row, which is where you're gonna get our, your fermentable sugars, mm-hmm. and um, they do the mashing process and they reduce it, and that's one less thing you have to do when you go jump to all grain brewing. Um, so it just simplifies the process, but that's where you cut your teeth. Um, that's where you learn, um, you know, most of the process, and then you know, like the step up would be all grain, which is where you actually do the conversion from the uh, from the malt to get your fermentable sugars. Whereas with the extract, it's already like prepackaged in either like syrup or dried malt extract. Cool, cool. Um, so I understand that you're, you're a certified beer judge. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I became a certified beer judge in 2015. Um, you know, it's just like little things to just, I guess, legitimize the store type of thing. But yeah. you know, I figure it was just the next, the next natural progression because it's. Yeah, I can discern different things in beers, but that just kind of like put a title to it. So, you know, I did, you know, did the online test, passed the online test. I took classes that was actually done through the other homebrew club that um, I'm affiliated with, LIBME, with Andrew Liberto. Um, He did a great job with the classes. So, um, and then you have to take an actual tasting test and, you know, you're scored on everything. So it's not like, you know, it's not really as easy as just drinking beer. Right. You need to know what's going on in the glass and um, is it the style, what's what's flawed and how to fix it and all that other stuff. And I think also by doing that, it made me a way better brewer also just to be able to like discern sure. all that stuff. So, yeah, How long were you kind of preparing for that? Uh, you know, that's a good – I'd say all my life. All, well, yeah, I was say, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Or my, all my, my whole drinking life. But, um, I, you know, it was a couple of months. It was like three or four months, so – of, of like really getting into the nitty gritty of things with the beer. So was there anything? So when you finally got in there, obviously the written test is one part of it, and then the taste test. Was there anything that um, you know stood out to you that they, you know, wow, like this, this is this is a little bit more difficult than you had imagined, or was it kind of like you prepped, you were good, you went in there, you did what you had to do? Honestly, uh, the online portion that you know, like the test you have to take before you can take the tasting test. It's like I think it's like 180 or 200 questions you have yeah, to answer. It's a big really test. Big test. And, you know, you have to be able to discern different beer styles, you know, like protocol for, you know, um, uh, homebrew um, competitions and all that other stuff. And you got you to pass that test. If you don't, you don't get to take that tasting test. So. Right, right. And um, so is this something you'd recommend to other craft beer enthusiasts who are looking to kind of, uh, you know, expand their beer knowledge, maybe even move on to the next level? Is in, in regards to becoming a certified beer judge? Yeah. 
you know, uh, it definitely helps you with your process. It also, you know, is in regards to like, why am I getting this off flavor in my beer type of thing? So like that stuff that's covered in there, like you, stuff you learn. Um, you know, there's a lot of just a lot of info out there too. Um, I think it's a great idea to to do it if you like if you really like, you know, neck deep in it. So right, yeah. If you really like live and breathe in it. Yeah, for sure. Hey again, this is Rachel. Don't forget to visit beertodaybeertomorrow.com to check out our weekly blog to stay up to date on all of our upcoming news, events, and episodes. When we rejoin the show, AJ from the Hand Grenades Homebrew Craft Beer Club, a group registered with the American Homebrew Association, joins the show. Now, AJ's mic is a little wonky when he first hops on, but we smooth it out pretty quickly. So grab another brew and enjoy the rest of the show. This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. We are back after a little bit of a break, hopping right back into the um, conversation. <laughs> um, so do you do you currently have any uh, uh, special brews in the works? Anything you're really excited about? You got anything going on at the moment? Um, so actually, we got just, just kegged it a week, week two weeks ago. Um, we have uh, me and this other guy, John, who's pretty much uh, John Danny, who's pretty much like a staple at the shop. Um, we did a smoked... Smoked squash porter. Wow. Uh, so we so he had smoked the squash with mesquite, and uh, I just brewed the beer. We're trying to like try to capture lightning in a bottle type of thing. Um, last year we did it with pumpkin, and we actually got first place with the beer um, in the the smoked category. So you know, uh, in which uh, which which competition? It was the New York City Homebrewers Guild competition, nice. Homebrew Alley. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty stoked. I was actually, dr- um, you know, when we had won, I was driving in and someone had texted me. He's like, oh, you got first place for your beer. I was like, ha ha, very funny, you know. Well, that's, so awesome. it was that's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, Congrats, it was man. exciting, you know. How did you find uh, this time around brewing with squash? Uh, same as pumpkin, you know. Um, believe it or not, a lot, of, a lot of pumpkin beers that are uh, out there, they, they use squash. I mean, it's a pretty similar uh, texture and flavor as pumpkin. So um, it's more accessible, too, you know, you're not tied down to like when you know fall when pumpkins are, are made I mean, there's also like pumpkin puree but you know there's people that get hung up on that's puree but it's still pumpkin so right <laughs> but it wasn't too bad we did the same process uh i like to put the pumpkin in the mash inside of a bag and then i'll take that pumpkin or in this case squash and i'll throw it in the last 20 minutes of the boil it gives it a really nice um mouth feel you know nice like you know smooth like kind of texture and this, this, the flavor's soft, but definitely get a lot of smokiness out of it. So we did play with the recipe for a little bit. Um, so we're going to see what happens this year. We're going to put it in. A little, we tweaked it a little bit, so. But uh, pretty, I was pretty happy with how that came out. So Is that, and is that ready to go now? Is it's that ready still? to go now, yeah. Yeah, so we can, we nice. can take a pull if you want. I'm not going to say no to beer. All right. <laughs> All right. AJ, you want some uh, smoky? Yeah, and we're just, uh, you know, busting out some beers here, doing a little uh, sampling. We're about to try uh, a uh, exclusive, um, some squash, smoky squash porter. Excited, excited about, uh, excited at that for sure. And again, we're just uh, really pleased to be here uh, today, um, early in the morning here in Nassau, having a few beers. Beer today, beer tomorrow. It's uh, it's what we do. 
Um, again, check us out, www.beardtodaybeardtomorrow.com. You can also find us, uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes and uh, Podbean. We'll be coming to uh, Stitcher and Google Play very soon, so we'll let you know when that drops. And, of course, follow us on our uh, social media channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you know where we are. Come follow us. Come find us. Follow the Craft Beer Odyssey. And um, so now, uh, Pete, so w- what's this? Uh, you guys have a name for this one? Um, actually, we don't. Usually that's like part of the charm of making beer is like coming up with goofy names. But, yeah, we didn't actually come up with one. We just kind of call it like, you know, Smoky Pumpkin Porter or Smoky Squash Porter, you know. Okay. So. Excited. Thank you. Got it. Keep this thing held up. So how are you doing, man? Good, Pete. AJ. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Hey, AJ. We're gonna nice, AJ. Why don't you uh, kind of introduce yourself to the uh, to our audience? My name is AJ Danico. I've been home brewing for about ten years now. And uh, might I mention that uh, AJ and a couple other people um, you here. You're good. You're good. Uh, one uh, at uh, GSB for the uh, Great South Bay for the uh, pro am. Yes. Yes, we uh, we brewed a saison. Nice. Of, uh, with Great South Bay. Oh, That's nice. going to be at the Pro-Am this year as well. Oh, very nice. So yeah. tell, tell us a little about the Saison. What went into that? I actually have the recipe with me right here. We used some... How's that? Two rows. Timing, right? right? It's perfect. <laughs> I, we used some Vienna malt, some Pilsner, and some uh, pale two-row malt. Nice. Yeah. And nice. then we used uh, Great South Bay's house, house yeast, some Northern Brewer hops, and some Citra hops in it. Excellent. Is that currently uh, is that available, ready to go now? Not yet. It is still in the tanks fermenting. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked with them, so it should be running in a couple of weeks, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And were you involved in, in brewing what we're drinking right now? No. I'm not even sure what we're drinking right now. This is, I believe he said, this is the uh, uh, Smoky Squash Porter. Ooh. So uh, about to try this now. Cheers. Cheers. Wow. That's not. It's got an intri- Like it's got a little bit of a, a meatiness, almost. I guess from the squash. Yeah, definitely pick up on the smokiness. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I like this. This is. Inter- I haven't had. To be honest, I haven't had many uh, porters with uh, squash. Me neither. Um. So th- this this is one of the very few. But I like this. This this is nice. This yeah. is nice. When when uh, Pete gets back on, we'll have him kind of maybe go a little bit a little bit deeper into this but uh, I, I do enjoy this so now you're you're a member of the um the homebrew club right so yes. how long have you been um how long have you been part of the group i've been part of the group since they first organized in 2014 okay so, so I've, been, I've been there since the first meeting it's one of one of the original guys huh? yeah very one, of the OGs. one of the ogs one of the ogs <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah very yeah. cool very cool so yeah i mean we're just trying this this is nice can you tell us a little bit more uh about this one um i mean it was just like, uh, you know, it was actually, it's, you know, it was John's idea. John Danye was his idea. Um, you know, comes up with these wacky ideas and I just kind of like calculated my head. We kind of s- smashed things together and that's how it came out. But it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the malt is uh, Maris Otter, which has like a little bit more complexity. It's a base malt. Uh, you know, you get more like bready notes out of it. Um, what do we do? I used actual mesquite malt, which is, you know, smoked with mesquite. Mm to, you know, kind of like push up the smoke flavor from the squash. Um, the squash, you know, helps also with the mouthfeel, so you get like slight velvetiness, you know, uh, creaminess also. 
the flavor is pretty soft with the squash, um, but I think the mesquite just like overpowers it also, which is kind of what we were going for. Um, and then we did some black patent. Was it black? No, it wasn't black patent. I'm sorry. It was midnight wheat, which, um, you know, kind of reduces like astringency because last time when we did, I thought it was a little bit too astringent from the, because I think mm. we used roasted barley. So, you know, I just want to like cut it back a little bit. I wanted the smoke and the, uh, in this case, the squash to pop a little bit more. So, you know, it's a softer, roasty flavor. So, I like this. Yeah. I like this. Thank you. I, yeah. I could sit here and smell this beer all day. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. Sometimes, like, you know, when you, you know, with the, with the smoke malt, like, I used to have it in, like, a, you know, bigger container when I was, you know, when people would uh, purchase it. And I just open up, like, the container and I would just salivate because it just reminds me of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, is the squash was that was that? Uh, did you get that locally or? Uh, yeah, we got well, we got it at the local supermarkets okay. right down the block. So right, it was well. pretty local, right? Supporting yeah. the local, supporting local business. Local so. business, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's too many squash farms in Long Island. I don't know if there ever really was. I don't know. It's like squash conducive. I have, no I have no idea. Either. I actually don't know. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know about. I don't know much about squash. I will yeah, be honest. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah. I d yeah. Um, how much squash did you use? I think it was two or three squash, I, I believe. Um, the bag was pretty heavy, so uh, it was a lot of squash. And I think he smoked it for like an hour or so or something like that. So Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, he doesn't get mad. I'm giving out all the secrets on the beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> What would you say, um, you know, the philosophy here is at homebrew and hand grenades? So the philosophy, pinkies down. Pinky's down, it's just <laughs> beer. You know, like, that's just my approach to it. I, I'm not a fan of, like, you know, you know, when I was younger, I, you know, I used to listen to certain bands, and they were, like, scene stirs, you know, for, like, the scenes for bands. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, they're a poser or this and that. I hated that stuff. So I, I just kind of always kept that approach. It's like, you know, it's, it's Pinky's down, man. It's just beer. It's just it's, beer. Yeah. So, you know, couldn't agree more. You just everyone starts at, at everyone starts at the beginning, you know, just their beginnings at a different time than you. You know, you don't want to like polarize anyone. Just, just that that aspect of, you know, like the whole snobbery thing just kills me. And I think that's that's bad for craft in general or just beer in general. I think that's just not a good thing. So I just keep it pinkies down. No stupid questions, you know, um, less is more. You know stuff like that so. sure sure and you know on this show we're definitely obviously we're, we're very pro you know pro craft pro craft beer but you know it, it, you have to kind of also like so so for example you know we, we were drinking the uh, blue point the stash it which was a really you know it's, it's a really nice beer it's it's a pre yeah. uh, you know uh pre-prohibition lager with peppers and ginger it's done really well you yeah. mentioned it was going to be at the great american beer festival yep that's the competition yep. <laughs> yeah. you drink yep. it yeah ab absolutely and you know it, it, it's interesting because you can you, you know some people might say well oh those guys they're owned by InBev. they're not really they're not really craft and and it, yeah. and you know I, I, and i i feel my my personal standpoint is this we're, we're, we're pro craft and you know we'll we'll almost always rather go to a local brewery, you Absolutely, know, yeah. than, than grab something, let's say, at the supermarket off the shelf. But at the end of the day, I mean, good beer is good beer. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't really ma matter who's, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter who's making it, so yeah. long as it's good. I exactly. mean, obviously, you want to support the local guy. Obviously, sure. you want to build that local community. But, you know, like you said, it's it picky's down. It's just beer. Yeah. You know? Totally. I mean, you know, everyone, everyone will 
be like, oh, you drink Bud. But you know what? If no matter where you drink a Budweiser, it tastes the same. So there's something to be said about that, you know? Like, they have it down. Um, and in regards to, like, if someone gets acquired by InBev or whatever, I mean, mm-hmm. is it a bad thing? I, well, not for the people that got acquired, you know? As long right. as, as long as things don't change, you know, I'm not adverse to it. You know, it's just it's going to be business as usual, hopefully. Um, and, you know, I just hope it doesn't impact, you know, like the smaller guys, you know. But just drink what you like, you know. Like I was telling you earlier, I, I'm Miller little high life in the bottle. Any day of the week, man, that's my that's one of my top fives. There you go. There you go. And, you know, you're not you're not the first, uh, you know, uh, uh, person that that's involved in the crap you're seeing that we've had on the show that that said something yeah. similar along those lines. You know, and my whole thing is, you know, I, I, I feel about it two ways. Right. So first and foremost, if you make good beer, I'll drink it. You know, that's you make it, good yeah. beer, you make good beer. Um, I only have an issue when they're, um, you know a location used to be craft and maybe they were acquired and then they're still trying to operate under the guise of being craft beer. There, there's sure. a lot of, of, um, you know, truly craft beer businesses that are, that are, you know, some of these guys are, are kind of hustling and struggling and, and you know, yeah. I mean, th- look, at this point with the internet and everything, it's transparent who's craft or, Absolutely. you know, like the air quotes craft and who's not kind of thing. Um, but I, but let's just say, like, just a thought, and this just kind of popped in my head. So let's say someone goes to, you know, something that was, you know, because then they have, peop- you know, the, these places that were acquired by AB InBev or whatever, you know, and then they're being put on more taps and someone drinks a beer. It's like, well, it was air quotes craft. It might open them up to going, you know, to explore more craft, you know, to go checking out, like, the more local places. It could be, like... It, the places that were acquired could be their gateway um, beer to, into craft. So maybe, you know, it's not horrible. I don't think it's a bad thing, you I, know. I don't think it's – and I think, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing provided that if they acquire the the brewery or the business, whatever it is, they don't really change much. Maybe they give them more resources. Maybe sure. they give them more uh, exposure, but they leave, you know, what made that place successful yeah. intact. I, I agree with that 1,000%. I mean, you, you see what, what, like, you know, because Blue Point's, I guess, the big the elephant in the room kind of thing. But, um, you know, you go down there, and they're still doing, like, their barrel projects. They're still yeah. doing – they're still involved in the homebrew scene. They just brewed a yeah. beer with homebrewers, you and, know. And by all accounts, it's, it's a really good group it's, of dudes down there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, they're, they're hiring more people, which is supporting the local economy. You know, they're able to pay people better. I mean, look, you know, you're not gonna, if you're a head brewer someplace, nine times out of ten, you're not going to be like rolling in the dough. You do it for a passion. But now they have, you know, these people that are working there, they're probably getting paid better, you know, benefits, 401k, who knows? I mean, I don't know, but just food for thought, you know. And these guys are still, uh, like, you know, again, they're involved, like, with the home brewers, you know, they're still, they're still at all the local events. So. Yeah, we we've seen that a bunch. I mean, even you know, we were talking earlier that we've so we saw you guys at, at festivals that we were at doing shows. Blue Point, you know, and other other you know similar sure. vein that yeah. those guys were there, were there too. And I think you know, um, it, it, it's interesting because it, it has become kind of a topic of conversation in the craft beer scene amongst craft beer people. You get yeah. you get the you know, and I think it's 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 um, you know you, you get the people that say okay, you know, it, it's it's craft, it's got to be craft, but. I think it's an interesting divide because there's there's and again you know I'll I'll preface all this by saying that beer today beer tomorrow we are certainly pro pro craft beer, uh, but but you know 
any way you slice it, we are. But I think it's an interesting conversation. I think it's kind of like, well, is there is there some is there a benefit like you're saying? You know, now you guys, you know, these guys obviously maybe they have better, they get um, better salaries, better benefits, but also now better exposure. And then maybe someone comes in and says, I like this. Maybe they think that, you know that, that it's that it's a craft beer, and maybe that that opens their exposure to something else. I mean, yeah. who knows? Well, that's what I'm. That's that. I guess that was my point that I didn't make clear before. But that's what I'm thinking. Like that could be like their their, like they're popping their craft cherry on you know like a Blue Point beer, because um, you know because they now they have that distribution. You know, right? And uh, you know could open up their world to like all the guys that are uh, you know here out in the island. You know, uh, you, you know just to get them going. It's like okay, my 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 gateway beer was. Uh, point whatever uh let's say stash it so right um which by the way uh, i i'm not afraid to say th- this is a really well done beer yeah, it's a nice beer i'm not yeah. surprised the guy I, you know I, I know the guys that that collaborated on this brew and they're solid brewers uh ken heiss greg kelly um they, they, you know they're crushing it you know they always bring in solid beers so um i was excited to hear that they were making it making their beer um and it's i've actually had this beer before because ken the guy Ken um, had brought in a bottle of it before, and it was awesome. I was like, "Well, if you got any more, bring it in." You know. Yeah. Now here we are drinking it. Yeah. And here yeah, we are drinking Greg it. Greg popped in yesterday, and he dropped off the four pack. So thanks, Greg. You rule. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Greg. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do, do you guys, you know, getting back to you guys, do, do you guys have uh, any upcoming events that you guys can talk about? You know, anything you want to mention? There's a, you know, we, we got, we we got, got a, a few, few things going on. Yeah, we got Pour the Core, Pour the Core, which is a cider festival, right? Um, which is, uh, I think, Starfish operate uh, does that event. Punktoberfest, yeah. um, Punktoberfest at, at Great South Bay, right? We got Brew for a Cure, yeah. Saint fundraiser for Saint Jude's Children's Hospital, yeah. Right. Very and great cause. Uh, taps yep, and talents. Pats and Talons in Smithtown, which helps like an animal uh, sanctuary. So, you know, I'm a big advocate for doing like the charity events. That's great. You know, we did like Brew for Autism. Absolutely. Um, That's the shirt you're wearing right now. That's what I'm wearing right now. You know, like that, that, when I heard about that event, to me, that was a really important event because actually my son is nonverbal autistic. So, you know, you know, when I when it was when as soon as I heard about that, I was like, I need to be involved with that. And the club stepped up, and I love them greatly for that. You know, it was a really awesome event. So I'll be doing that every year. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And yeah. you know, we, you know, it, it's almost kind of be- beating my audience over the head because we, we we talk about this all the time, all the time. But it's so true. Craft beer is community. I mean, Absolutely. it brings brings people together. Sure. You have people working together for causes. You have people just working together, just having a good time. And at the end of the day, I think it, what it all boils back boils down to again, it's you know, it's you know, it's beer. So yeah. you, you, it should be something that should be fun. Sure. It should be delicious. Yeah. It should be done well, but it, it should be something that's kind of like part of your experience, yes. you know? Yeah. And I think also too like, you know, getting back to that whole supporting local and craft. That, I mean, going to like a, a, a the bre- local brewery is like an experience too. So you know oh yeah. absolutely it's so. a great experience i, I yeah. mean i you know we always say go, go down to your local brewery show those guys yeah. you know or those those girls whoever's down there whoever's running your local brewery show them some love i mean it's it's a, it's a great time you get exposed to all kinds of um different styles different beers um and it's and, and it's a great time it's a great time now uh, you you mentioned that you guys go doing a cider festival and we were talking about this before you got on the air that you know the market's becoming very saturated with ipas so are there any other like you know like ciders or maybe other type of of brews that you guys uh, uh like to do that kind of is you know polar opposite of of this ipa uh, fad 
for me, I'm not. Uh, that's a tough question. I just yeah. when I brew, I just kind of brew on a whim kind of thing. What I'm gonna do, uh, you know, I, I try not to focus on style. I just kind of like just inventory what I have, and that's kind of how I um, base how I brew. Um, so it's kind of like just for the love of it. You got beer here. You yeah, want you got ingredients. Yeah. You want it. You want to start brewing it. Exactly. Just getting it out. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the next and maybe people are gonna like you know come at the come at the door with the pitchforks and stuff. But I don't <laughs> know what like the next trend is. You know, I think uh, you know like we were talking before. You know, like that whole New England dirty IPA yeah. thing. I think it's kind of like. It's 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 trending, you know. It's the big um, trend right now. It's the big trend, you know, and it is. We'll see what we we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So yeah, and, and you know, we were actually talking. We were a transmitter um, at our last show, but um, you know, and they're the only uh, brewery in Queens. And we were talking about this before before we got on the air. They're the only brewery in Queens that actually doesn't have an IPA on. No, the uh, uh, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and in, in a way, it's refreshing because we're all a lot of us. You know, the the on, on the BTBT call ourselves btbt goons you know we're 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 uh, uh most of us are pretty big hopheads but you know there is that kind of th- there's a little bit of the f- yeah you gotta yeah. break it up you gotta break yeah. it up. there's a little bit of fatigue when you keep having that yeah. um um you know that heavy dank ipa and and not only that it's when you're out in a group like you really can't throw back that many ipas or even no. you know forbid you know double ipas and, and yeah. still kind of be, gotta be a little functional <laughs> you gotta be a little responsible and and you know but and, and beer's not just about one style that's what's so amazing no about beer and I think that's why craft beer is exploding and I think that's why it still has more of a way to go because I think the average person the average beer drinker just doesn't know about all these different flavor complexities sure absolutely yeah I mean with the BJCP uh, beer judge certification program I mean I think it was like 80 beer styles I think they're up to like almost like 140 or something like that so I mean there's just so many different types of beers out there it's it's you know Go out and explore. Don't get hung up on a particular style, you know. Even, like, the old school, like, German stuff. Like, I've just been, like, I want a nice, clean Kolsch. I want a nice, yeah. clean, like, yeah. Pilsner. Well, you know, it's like... Now's the time. Oktoberfest. Yeah, uh, yeah nice Oktoberfest. Like, like, if you really want to impress me, make a good one of those, you know. That's when you know yeah. someone's doing something right. Because you can't hide anything in those beers. Those beers are clean and crisp, so... I'm a, I'm a big fan of those beers. I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of, of like, almost every beer. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Good. Sa- yeah. Same here. But, yeah, no, th- those old-school German styles, I mean, those, uh, um, yeah, those are great beers. I mean, sure. it's just, it's, uh, and like you said, I mean, it's when you get a nice, like, light beer, it's very hard to hide imperfections. You yeah. really need to, to nail it. Um, sure. And, uh, yeah, and now, you know, it's perfect time. <laughs> Oktoberfest. Do you guys have any, uh, so you're doing the Punktoberfest, right? Yes. And that's kind of yeah. like great South Bay's kind yeah, of that's, that's take on uh, uh, Oktoberfest, right? Sure. It's going to be music and, and, and beers yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, they always throw good events. Uh, they always a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we get, especially the club, they get great feedback, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that every event that the club does, um, just get more and more people responding to the club, which is awesome because, you know, like I was saying earlier, the, the club gets to do a lot more fun stuff with their beer versus like commercial breweries that, you know, it's like, you know, they, they have a market that they have to, um, you know, I guess all intents and purposes, uh, you know, answer to. Whereas with homebrewers, we can do like the crazy fun stuff that, you know, people might be like, oh, that's different. You know, like I do like a Swedish fish beer and I always kick that keg, you know, and it was just like a goof kind of thing. You Tell know? us about that. I'm curious. Swedish fish beer. I love Swedish fish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it stemmed. I love Swedish fish, too. Um, 
you know, it's just the, the base is just like a honey wheat kind of thing and just get some Swedish fish in there and it just pops. It's, and uh, I thought it was like um, an accident that it came out tasting like Swedish fish. Uh, it did, it was, you know, got a good response and I tried doing it again, thinking like that was like a one-off thing, like this is not gonna come out again like that and I got it down. So people seem to wow. dig it, you know, but it's like one of those like, it's all marketing sometimes too. It's like, sure. you know, it's like, I really need to kick this keg. I, I have like, you know, three keg, uh, three beers I need to keg. So this this will go so I can Man. clean it out and put in the next one in for a festival type a, of thing. An alcoholic Swedish fish, you sold me on that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Unfortunately, try I don't have any on hand right now. But oh uh, man, but that, that that's actually and and that's the great thing about about kind of like homebrewing. You 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 ha you don't really have these restrictions. You can sure. kind of brew much smaller batches. Yeah. But I mean, you can just kind of it's 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 kind of like like a, it, it's like equal parts science and passion, and yeah, um, definitely. and you combine that. I mean, you can come up with some pretty unique and and interesting flavors. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And the other thing too, like with the club uh, a while ago, we did. Um, Girl Scout cookie beers. Yeah. You know, we do like chop challenges and stuff like that where, uh, you know, it was Girl Scout season. Um, my thought was to support the guys in the club that have daughters that are in Girl Scouts to buy the cookies and, you know, make a beer that's supposed to taste like whatever Girl Scout cookie that you were assigned, like your team was assigned to. We had what, nine beers for that? Something like that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Each, each team was assigned a different cookie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. So, you know, and the goal was for the beer to taste like, you know, the cookie that was assigned to them. So, but it's fun, you know, it's like, it, it's the other thing too. It's like, it's the challenge. It's like, it's like, how do you make that happen? <laughs> how do you make that cookie translate well into that sure. beer? Sure. And it's not even just like, you don't dump the cookies into the beer. Like, you know, like this, all these different ingredients that you can use to make whatever nuance of the cookie pop. You know, it's like, if I'm, if I'm doing like, you know, I, th I was uh, given the, the peanut butter ones. I forgot called Reese's no maybe let's say it's dosey dose I think, I think <laughs> so we can move on with the story right yeah. so you know we got the group together we got a box of the of the the cookies we're eating it's like all right what am I getting in out of this cookie that I can pull out from like a certain type of malt you know uh, so it just get, gets gets the gears going um, you know how are we gonna pull out the the, the peanut butter flavor um, and then just, just because we felt we had to, we threw the cookies in the beer for a little bit too. So, you know, and then when we pulled it out, it was like a giant pile of mush. So, <laughs> but another, it tasted like the, the cookie, which yeah. was really cool. So, wow. It, it just sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, it just sounds Absolutely. like a lot of fun to do yeah. it. Well, the other thing too, that's nice when you do stuff like that is you're working in teams. So you're, you're learning from different people. Like, you know, it's like, well, Usually at home, I'll do this. And just like, I would have never thought of that. You know, like, that's a great idea. So, again, it comes back to that whole, like, communal thing, which is nice. So, just like, everyone's learning off each other. So. Yeah, absolutely. And feeding off each other. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the hours of operation here at the shop? Um, I'm open, like, Tuesday through Friday, 12 to 7. Uh, Saturdays, 11 to 6. And Sundays, uh, 12 to 4. Uh, Sunday is like my Friday, I guess, so to speak. So. <laughs> and uh, you guys have a, um, obviously you guys have a website. What's the, uh, what's the URL on that? It's uh, brewgrenades.com. And so. you, you guys are on all the social channels, Instagram, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. Facebook. Uh, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Cool. Um, 
So what was, you know, what, what's the foot traffic like? I mean, I'm curious. Like, is, is it mostly people who kind of like they already know who you guys are and they come in like, okay, I need X, Y, and Z. But do you also get kind of just people curious, just foot traffic off the street? The, the, the foot traffic is for eh, not really so much foot traffic. Uh, where people know who you guys are. Yeah, it's kind of like a destination kind of thing. I mean, people come in, they're like, oh, can I make a Heineken kind of thing? I'm like, and you try to say it in the nicest way possible. It's like, you've never brewed before. Honestly, it would be better if you just bought Heineken because it's a little bit more involved uh, than your first one-off to be a Heineken. You know, right. it's, it's, it's lagering. It's more, you know, process. Uh, more minutia yeah. than standard home brewing, uh, you know, like brewing ales and stuff like that. So... But you know, you try to give them like the gist of what it is, and if it's if they take to it, awesome, you know. And I always tell them, you know, uh, you know, we do classes here, we do one-on-one type of thing, so. The, uh, and the classes are held here on site. Yep, held here on site. Yeah. So. Is there um, is there a, is there a set schedule for that, or is kind of like it depends? Or? It just depends on, because it's kind of seasonal. Those right. things, you know, uh, they're floating around on Groupon and. You know, usually around like six months after Christmas or six months after Father's Day, that's when everyone starts calling in because they're gonna <laughs> expire. So, you know, usually around that point is when I'll start. But usually like twice a month I'll have the class here, and then you know I'll do like one-on-one all-green sessions, which is more advanced brewing, um, and that's I, I prefer doing that one-on-one because all-green brewing is a longer process and extract brewing. Extract brewing is about you can get it done in like a little over you know two hours. But all grain brewing is a longer process, so, and then they're walking out with the beer also, and knowledge, hopefully. So sure, sure. After a couple of beers, we'll see. So. <laughs> after a couple of beers, we'll see. So have you ever thought about uh, opening a, a, a brewery? I mean, you think about it, and then you think of all the logistical nightmares that you yeah. hear about, you know? Sure. Um, it's hard. The cool thing with the shop is I've met a lot of people that do own brewers or have, you know, or in the process of opening breweries, and... You know, they vent, and it's tough, and especially in Nassau County. Like, if I was thinking about opening a brewery, I would want to do it around here um, just because it's not it's not a lot going on over here, and it seems like Nassau is like this weird void, void of craft, mm. you know, and trying to change it. But um, but there's also, you know, it, there's zoning issues. There's, like, you know, sewage issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, like, neighborhood issues. It's like, I don't want a brewery. It's going to bring out all the riffraff, which is, like, hardly what happens. Yeah. I know, mean, it's, it's just bringing a bunch of nerds together yeah. for the most part. You know, much, craft yeah. beer nerds, you know. Yeah, like, a bunch of beer nerds, yeah. Um, and, and the coolest beer nerds ever. The coolest <laughs> beer nerds ever, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I noticed that because Long Island is so widespread where it's like when you get to the to the boroughs, it's a little bit easier to build that community because everything's so close. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, everyone's on top of each other. Yeah. You know, which literally. Is, yeah. <laughs> literally on with, top with of each the, other. You know, when you, when you come out to the burbs, there's a little bit more space. It's kind of like, you know, everyone's got their fence up um, type of thing. But, you know, like I said, you know, when it comes to beer, there's, like, no fences, I guess. True. But um, I think a part of it just has to do with, like, um, and it's a theory, but I just think it has to do with, like, local government and stuff like that. You know, it's like they – I don't know if they want to put forth the effort to make the craft beer thing grow. I don't know, like, because you just hear horror stories where it's just like, nope, not interested. Or it's like, yeah, I guess we could, but, uh, you know – I need a lettuce sandwich type of thing, you know? 
it's it's tough you know it it's is. like if you, you're trying to open up a brewery you're trying it's to expensive yeah it's expensive it yeah because it's like one of the hardest businesses to open you have to pretty much your you have to pay rent on a building for a year and you got to wait for your licensing to come through you know and then they can be like nope you're good you're it's not happening and you spent all this money you have to you have to have the equipment set up you know you have to have you know an architect submit designs and then they can just pull the rug from under you and you you're like you know hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the hole yeah it's scary it is it's, 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 it's uh, a scary venture so i guess uh, getting back to you, have i thought about it sure uh, but when you hear that stuff uh, i don't <laughs> know about that <laughs> <laughs> what's It'd be fun but you know if I if I had won that the the, the lottery last week like that woman did yeah oh, sure wow. that'd be uh, like yeah. a passion project right sure <laughs> sure be making ground today yeah <laughs> I, I'll give lots of lettuce sandwiches then <laughs> there you go um what's been the most uh, rewarding part of this journey so far um honestly the, the, the club like just the people I've met at you know in my it, you know, when I first opened, when I was 35, I never, I thought I was like, you know, I got my friends and I'm good. You know, like, you know, you got your friends for life. And I made a lot of, a lot of new friends, which is awesome. And, every, and people that, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but a lot of people that would have never met, met and are hanging out, you know, which is really right. like, that's my, that's my favorite part of it. Uh, also, the commute too is pretty awesome. So I used to have to schlep into Brooklyn. So <laughs> I don't miss doing that. I don't miss that Bell Parkway. <laughs> no, no, yeah. the Belt's a mess. So yeah, always, always, perpetually. always. Should be called the Mess Parkway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's what's next for uh, homebrew and hand grenades? The million dollar question, right? What's yeah. next? I don't, you know, uh, you know, just looking to expand a little bit, um, looking to grow the whole uh, brew on premise thing. Um, I'm, I am looking at like an, you know another location that's still close to the area, a little bit bigger. Try to expand things. Um, you know, that's I guess maybe that's like the next thing. So. Cool, cool. Um, anything else you'd like to leave the the audience with? Anything the audience should know? Anything you guys wanna 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 leave us with? I say check out the club meetings. If you're a home brewer, check out the club. Uh, I think the communal aspect of it uh, is really awesome. And I think it helps. Pe I think it's helped a lot of the uh, people in the club grow as brewers. Um, and uh, you know, there's uh, the link for the club through the uh, the website. But I think it's hhcbc.org. Yes. And you know, that's where we have like you know we'll put up when we have meetings coming up. Um, the next one's actually going to be um, September 19th, I believe. At, it's at, at Brew SA, which is a brewery in Freeport. Local, local, Finally. yeah, and local uh, brewery. It's, local brewery again. it's an open club, you know. It's just come on down and hang out, right. you know. There's like we we've been at places where, um, and people that weren't there to attend the meeting just came and hang out, and some of them actually stuck around, which is really cool. So, very, very cool, awesome. AJ, any parting words? No. Pinkies down. Pinkies down. Pinkies down. It's just beer, down. right? It's just beer. <laughs> Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for letting us do the show here today. We really appreciate it. Beer today, beer tomorrow here at Homebrew and Hand Grenades in Baldwin in Nassau County in Long Island. Uh, check these guys out and uh, keep uh, keep listening to the show. Um, guys, what else can I say? But cheers. Take cheers. It easy. Cheers and beers. Cheers and beers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. 
We are back next week with episode 30 featuring Coney Island of Brooklyn, New York. Now, remember to follow the Craft Beer Odyssey. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time, no matter where in the world you are, drink local, drink fresh. Repeat. Cheers.